0: Hey everyone, welcome into to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope you're all doing good. Gonna recap the Monday Night Football game last night between the Bears and the Rams to conclude week seven. And we have, you know, eight and nine weeks of football to go before the postseason, so you know, certain teams are starting to establish themselves as contenders. Other teams are, you know, struggling here and there, but... The best division of football right now seems to be the NFC West, as every team is above 500, and every team has a shot uh, coming up within these next few games to really make a shift in the uh, NFC West. So last night, the Bears and the Rams played, and the Rams were obviously looking to get back on track. As we know, they've been able to win some games against teams, but not against a team with a winning record, you know, so they were winning some good games early on, you know, we saw them beat Dallas, I and mean, what have not, and then, you know, our things have transpired since, but this was the Rams' first victory this season over a winning team and winning record, and they really dominated on both sides of the ball, and this is a team that Sean McVay, you know, was trying to have last year. They had a lot of flux at the running back position. Guys were hurt, injured. The offensive line wasn't doing well. But they seem to have turned the corner obviously. Going back to basics, uh, Jared Goff, when he doesn't turn the ball over, the Rams have a good shot winning the ending game pretty much. And so we know that a couple of their losses they've had, one was up against Buffalo and a tough one close and then I guess it's the 49ers so it was important that they came up and played well against the Bears who Bears have been a very interesting team you know they started with Mitchell Trubisky won a couple of games against teams with a non-winning record and then they started to struggle and then we saw the switch to quarterback and Nick Foles has been uh, decent at times but We know that it's a challenge for this Bears team to be consistent on offense. And I think that the thing that we were seeing from the Bears throughout these first four, five, six games was that their defense can really win them a lot of games. Their offense can score points. They can be effective when they have to be effective. But, you know, they're not an offense that can put up points in a bunch they need time and development and they need to create turnovers on defense to be able to make that happen but Nick Foles can make all the throws and you know last night although the Bears offense never really got off to a good start they seem to just not have it going at all the Rams when they get a lead and they play from my head they're pretty much hard to beat and that's the case with any team but some teams are able to come back and make the game interesting, like, for example, the Tennessee Titans. The Titans were down 24-7, to they came back and made it pretty much interesting, but you know, a missed field goal away from an overtime period. So the good teams are able to find a way to get back into the game, and the Bears had the opportunities to get back in the game, but they couldn't convert those opportunities. You know, I think they had a fourth down goal line thing, and they didn't get that in. So they really struggled to get the ball down the field against the Rams. Um, and Nick Foles, you know, had two interceptions in this game. Some of the throws were contested, some were in tight spots, tight spaces. But the Bears needed more from their wide receiving group last night. You know, outside of Allen Robinson, there, you know, no one else was pretty much a difference. in for, for the Bears, you know, Jimmy Graham is not who he used to be. He can catch the balls in the end zone for sure, the jump ball ones, but he's not somebody who you can rely on consistently enough. I'm not sure if Tariq Cohen played yesterday or not, or Montgomery played, but the Bears didn't get a whole lot of. You know, running game production either, and it was pretty much on on Nick Foles, and he struggled at times to push the ball down the field. Uh, and the protection, although for the for the Bears' offensive line, really broke down a lot in this game. The Rams were able to apply pressure. Aaron Donald uh, was disruptive, causing some uh, you know busted plays and really getting after um, that O line. And that's the key for the Rams is that they need to have that consistent uh, production from their defense, their secondary, along with you know Jalen Ramsey. You gotta be able to slow teams down and limit the big plays. And it seemed like, you know, last uh, last night the Rams did a good job of that. They didn't beat themselves. They did have a turnover, but for the most part, they had a decent running back uh, you know combination of you know Henderson and Brown so they were able to run the ball pretty well I think the Rams in total had 161 yards rushing by three of their running backs um, the one they drafted obviously in, in the second round and the other two the Rams had 24, 24 first downs only 14 for the Bears so the Rams constantly move the chains against the Bears defense and the Bears didn't get really a lot of help from Nick Foles at the offensive line and that wide receiving group so you know it's all about the Bears trying to be more productive on the outside and they need guys to step up in a game like this but I have said the Rams need to, to get bounced back after last week and they really did a good job of just winning a game in which they dominated on both sides of the ball. They ball controlled quite a bit. Jared Goff had a decent game, a couple of touchdown passes and they, you know, ride that defense and that offense to to the victory against the Bears. I think for Matt Nagy, what he needs to do is try to find a way to get a little more creative with the play calling. And what I mean by that is that The Bears don't have a whole lot in terms of skilled wide receiver positions. They have some decent pieces who can have their burst of offense. Like, you know, they they have the potential to have guys step up and score. But the whole thing has to come down to how does he maximize Nick Foles' strength? And how do you mix up the coverage? I think the Rams wanted the Bears to throw the ball deep a lot. And I think that the game plan wasn't as good for for Matt Nagy. He's got to do a better job of play calling and getting these guys to be more better in terms of executing on third down. They were only, I think, 5 of 14. Neither team was, like, too great on third down, but the Rams constantly moved the chains. They had more first downs. There were some key penalties also in this game. So for the Rams... They pretty much kept pace with the rest of the NFC West, as they we, we, thought, we thought they were. As for the Bears, their biggest rival in the competition right now is the Green Bay Packers, and that defense um, is good. We got some nice pieces there, of course. You know, Khalil Mack and Hicks, Eddie Jackson, um, but they need to create turnovers because they can't win this way. You know, they were able to win against teams with a losing record because they were able to score at timely, you know, score timely in possessions at, at time. Against a good team like the Rams and other teams they'll play in the, in the NFC, it really comes down to their defense being the strength of this team. Because Nick Foles is going to give you opportunity to win the game, or he's going to give you a chance to at least be in a game. And yesterday, you just seen that their timing between Nick Foles and the receivers were off, they didn't execute, and I think Matt Nagy's gotta find a way to get a little more creative in terms of getting guys open, scheming guys open for the Bears. Gotta target the wide receivers more than you, are, you already have um, you know, beforehand. You gotta find what works, and that running game's gotta do a better job as well of moving the chains, they've gotta block better and, and show up when they have to play, play a quality opponent in the NFC. But a balanced tack from the Rams pretty, pretty much won this game. And the NFC West is going to be really, really uh, interesting and crazy, I think, going forward. I mean, look at every team in the division right now. I mean, you've got Seattle, you know, at 5-1. and one. The car's at 5-2, and two, you know... And you got the 49ers at four and three. And now you have the Los Angeles Rams right there at five and two. So, I mean, every team is playing well. Uh, There's a lot of good games that we're gonna see coming up. And it all comes down to who separates themselves. But the Rams have some good qualities right now, they're showing. Obviously they ran a little bit younger with the wide receiving group, you know, and they still have Robert Woods there, Cooper Cup, And their defense seems to have turned the corner so far uh, because they're playing much better in the secondary than they did last season. And let's see if they keep, keep it going forward because they're going to have a say in terms of this division, I, I, I believe, as well. And now the games that will come up between, let's say, the Rams and the 49ers, or the Rams and the Seahawks, you know those games are going to really, really matter, and it's going to be fun to watch which team really finds it in them to to win that game, and and, and how do they, they do it in an impressive fashion? Will be made to be seen. So now I want to talk about um, a player in the FCS, which is the college football like one of the Division One, AA's kind of school, and I want to talk about a prospect that will likely be starting his senior season um, in February due to the pandemic and conferences opening up uh, depending on testing and area. So the one person I want to talk about who could be a potential future running back um, and a top prospect in next year's draft, um, his name is Janine Martin. Jemaine Martin. Now, Jermaine Martin plays for the North Carolina A&T Aggies, and he comes from a HBCU, which is a historically black college university. Now, HBC universities have produced a lot of good NFL talent um, over the years, most notably Jerry Rice, Shannon Sharp, Walter Payton, and many more. And so there's a lot of good talent at HBCU. And Jermaine, Jermaine Martin is a running back, about 5'10". And, you know, he's in his senior season. Um, and he's set many records along the way. as one of the best players in the FCS. Being able to lead his team to victories and some championship uh, uh, or some bowl bowl games in which um, he was really dominant and so throughout this whole pandemic and situation that he has you know it's definitely impacted him in a lot of different ways of having a routine of course of practicing and playing competing but I want to talk about him um, as a future NFL prospect because looking at his game overall his highlights that I've seen you know he has a great ability um, to run between the tackles, very shifty, very aggressive, and, and you know he seems to have the burst that you need for a running back. Now we know that the running backs in the NFL—they always say the running backs are you know risky to pick high because they say after the age of 30, running backs don't have it; they you know lose lose a step or two. And we've seen it throughout the course of the NFL how a lot of running backs have come. We had eight or nine years of a good career and then they decide to, you know, either hang it up or their body goes through a lot of injuries and stuff like that. Um, and thus they have to have early retirement. Now there are some running backs like Frank Gore, you know, and Adrian Pearson who have stood the test of time, really done a good job of working their body and and adjusting to the game of the NFL to be successful. And so, Jermaine, Jermaine Martin, um, he has that potential, based on what I've seen. He's a dynamic runner. He's patient. Um, he's very, you know, agile and very, you know, nifty and shifty as a runner. And so, I think it's all about how he develops going forward, and how how's he as a player in terms of understanding the mental part of of the NFL game and the pro game. So he had a breakout season in 2019 as the only player in the MEAC conference for more than over a thousand yards. I think he had 23 touchdowns last year. Uh, really being the focus of that team, uh, putting the team on his back a lot. Um, he's had a bunch of you know 100 yard plus rushing games, a so one 200 yard rushing game. I think he almost rushed for almost 300 yards actually himself in one game through his career every year, he's gotten better as a player, as a prospect. And we know that in the NFL, the running backs really have to work hard to get drafted and be um, pass all these tests in terms of character and development. And so I think for Jermaine Martin, one of the things that has come about him is that he has a lot to learn in terms of as a person and understanding how to be a leader. He did have some kind of legal trouble that he faced, but... He's very young 21 years old and he continues to get better and better every season and he's a great guy there's a great story about him on the undefeated uh, .com sports where there's a lot of great stories about a lot of athletes um, and he's been one of the best running backs so far in the FCS for a while and you know, it all remains to be seen how many games did they do play in February when they resume the football season for the MEDC conference. I think he may play some games, but it remains to be seen when the NFL will have the draft and how those things will shape out. It, you know, it remains to be seen, but he's a promising run, running back. He's talked about working hard and being patient and understanding that he has to be be better as a leader, as a person, because that's what it's all about in the NFL. They wants you to be able to have the right mindset right you know ability to communicate and be effective and you have to be effective and you know looking at how he has been throughout his time i think he's very promising as a future nfl prospect i think the key for him obviously is just to keep getting better and learning from the best now he has stayed in communication with tariq cohen who plays for the chicago bears and Tariq Cohen is like a multi-purpose player, running back, kicker-turner. And so he's just been following his advice, his words about staying focused and not letting anything stop you. And so I think Jermaine Martin is, you know, looking forward to beginning the season. Um, and he's been, you know, preparing himself to be much better in terms of understanding a lot of things, not getting in trouble, staying on the right track. And I think that you know, he's pushing himself to, to stay in routine and prepare well for anything that does happen um, in the coming, uh, you know, in January February when, the, when they have the games. Hopefully they will have games or else he'll have to just train and prepare for the NFL on his own. But very promising kid. I think he has a great story obviously in terms of, you know, having success so far at HBC University. Um, He's made a lot of records there. He's made a really good name for himself. And I really hope that his success at the collegiate level does translate to him at least being a first or maybe possibly a second or third round pick in the NFL draft next year. Um, I think he'll get a chance to really prove himself and and learn a lot because you want to see these young prospects coming out of college really succeed at the NFL and, and really make a name for themselves. So... His journey is just getting started, but I think he will have um, great success going forward and hopefully he'll be able to make the draft next year and, and really uh, get, get on an NFL team and be able to mature and grow as a person um, in many ways. So now I want to transition to an NFL player and a really uh, unique story as throughout sports there's been guys there's been athletes um, even with you know female athletes as well people who get a second act in the sport they choose they're known to and so many times you've seen throughout sports or people who don't know about it some people go through you know a tough time in their careers and some don't get a chance to make it right or to, to, to go further than a certain point and so throughout the NFL throughout the NBA even Major League Baseball MMA there have been guys who there have been athletes you know guys who have been you know, hurt or affected by certain things in their life and then they haven't been able to always get through it but there are those who work with them to get them back to a point where they can really fulfill their dream live their life not fall into that kind of mindset that you can't really do anything and the same goes for the female athletes that are out there in the sports world Um, Many times, you know, Serena Williams was faced with a lot of things going on. Um, She wasn't even sure she would be able to play a couple of times, but she did. And she persevered through that. Um, And like I've mentioned, a bunch of people who've overcome a lot of things um, in their life and their world to be where they are today, to be a successful athlete, to motivate others, to promote other things, to advocate for a lot of changes. And so, earlier, back in the summer, I had done some NFL player stories. And I talked about Tyron Matthew and what he, what he overcame to get to where he was today. And, you know, I talked about Jimmy Butler. And I talked about some other other known athletes out there. I talked about a coach in Eric Spolstra. Um, The list goes on and on. Shaquem Griffin, you know. So there's been a lot of NFL players who've had great stories behind them. And some have persevered through a lot of change, a lot of, of, of communication, you know, situations where they, you know, question where they continue doing what they want to do at a high level and be passionate about. And what helped those people was being able to go through a moment which taught them the importance and the realization of what it takes to be an athlete, what do you have to sacrifice to be an athlete. And they were successful, they were able to turn themselves around in the right direction. And so another person who is a great example of that is Darren Waller, tight end of the Las Vegas Raiders. Darren Waller has been one of those stories, um, one of those those athletes who really need to experience something that we hope that nobody ever goes through. And it's not, you know, not a great thing that he went through. But he he went through a moment and a period in his life where he really had to get serious about the game of football and how much it really meant to him. And... What happens initially with a lot of these NFL players who come up and are young, they really want to be able to fit in with a lot of people on the roster, people who are older than them, who are veterans on the team. So they try to be something something that they're not. Many times it happens, someone tries to do something they want to fit in, and it's just not who they are. You know, it's about staying true to your personality, to who you are. And so Darren Waller, when he came into the league, I believe he was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. And his story is a little bit unique because, you know, he wasn't really expected to be somebody who would emerge as a great talent as he has emerged on the football field. But he had potential. He had potential. And he had a great ability about him to play football. So Darren Waller grew up in Landover, Maryland. And he was a sixth-round pick from Georgia Tech. We see that most players who are drafted through the first two to three rounds make it to the NFL. But there's been certain cases when there's a, someone like a, like a Tom Brady, who was a sixth-round pick, make it to the NFL and have one of the greatest careers of all time in the, in the National Football League. And so Darren Wall was a sixth-round pick from Georgia Tech. Had a promising run at Georgia Tech. One of the things that affected him, or I would say limited him, in getting a higher selection in that draft that he wasn't. You know, there's a lot of good players there, a lot of good teams evaluating him, and it comes down to the character test, the mental test, and the understanding of what it takes to be a, a pro at the highest level. And so I think for Darren Waller, you know, he started out, like I said, with his career um, with the Baltimore Ravens from 2015 to 2018. And, you know, he wasn't really a featured player. He had a couple of nice uh, showings and efforts, but he wasn't someone who was on a on full-time roster. And so early in his career, Darren Waller struggled with addiction to drugs and alcohol. And if anybody knows, you know, things that have happened with these two things, or in the world, in our society itself, you know, nothing comes good out of it for athletes who get involved with this, um, because it really limits them, not only to, to perform and be themselves, but it causes other problems and other things that we don't want to see happen to anybody. We want everybody to be healthy, safe, and be able to. You know go about their business and go about their lifestyle in a way in which they're safe and they are doing what they love to do and that's play football or play any other sport um, and even in life itself any other profession you want to see things happen in a way in which you work hard and you don't get involved with these things and legal troubles on or, or drugs and alcohol and you know, just do your good work and the rest will come to you um, and you will earn it yourself. So, in Darren Walters' case, he struggled with that early arm. You know, he didn't care about football as much, I would say, at that point. Because there was a certain story that I read about him. Um, and, and his attitude, uh, it seemed to be that, you know, I'm just here to you know, get a paycheck. And I'm here to just play football, but I'm not really, you know, looking to be this and that. So there were some things about him that obviously changed as he got a little bit older. Um, but, you know, he had that feeling of he played football at Georgia Tech. He got drafted pretty low. And he was on the practice squad for the Ravens for a while. And he kind of bounced around on that team for, for a bit. So he went through that that, that feeling of not being like... Someone who was wanted, or he wanted to do something, which, which he would be given more attention, more at least respect, maybe. And you know, he resorted to drugs and alcohol, which really um, affected him a lot. Because he then ended up getting suspended twice um, from the NFL: first, four games for violating the substance abuse policy, and then a year-long suspension, in, in, in which he, um, you know, just didn't. You know, follow the you know, rules, and he, you know, he violated a bunch of things. So, you know, he went through that, and I think he, at that point, seemed content by being away from football, thinking that, you know, he wasn't going to miss it or he didn't want it. But it ended up being the opposite. Because he has spent his whole time up to this point trying to make it to the NFL and to be a great player and hopefully become one, which he is now today. But he really had to understand what it really meant to have that position, to be in the NFL, where a lot of guys don't make it because it's so hard, it's a business. Guys get cut and let go in the NFL a lot more than people realize. Um, and so, you know, he was off in football, and, you know, he thought to himself that he could just resort to doing these things, it would make, it would make him go by day by day. Um, but we know that, you know, that's not a sustainable thing. You cannot expect to just do things in a way without giving towards your effort. You have to be able to look at yourself and make changes to yourself based on what you're seeing, how you're going about your thing. You have to make a change in yourself to be better. And so Darren Waller struggled with, like I said, with a lot of those problems with drugs and alcohol And he had a very near-death experience in his life, um, which he overdosed um, on some pills or something like that. Um, The full story, you can find it on NFL.com or look it up. Um, He will be featured in an NFL 360 um, interview, I believe tonight, 8 p.m. on the NFL Network. They probably will have that available in some time, or you can find it online as well. But... I think the most important thing is that, you know, you got to be able to, that was, that. sorry, let me get back to my earlier point. Um, in all seriousness, the experience that he had um, near to whatever happened, he, he was very close to losing his life with through, through drugs and alcohol. And, you know, that's something that he really had to look at himself and get help with and see a lot of athletes go through a lot of things in their careers and their experiences and some don't want to talk about it they just want to go about their business just go go to the sport collect their paycheck because that's how most guys are you know some people just really want to be with their families and do those things and Eventually, when they start doing this so much, you know, there's this a locker room kind of code. There's a brotherhood developed in the NFL with a lot of teams, a lot of, a lot of guys in the locker room get close with each other. And so, Darren Waller wasn't really as close to anybody um, when he was dealing with all these things. And so, he thankfully was okay. You know, he got you know, he got out of that experience. And that really change things for him I think having that experience where he realized that I need to be better I can't do this by myself I need to get help from someone some, some from people and that realization by Darren Waller really saved an NFL career because what he did after that he checked into a uh, into a, um, a college uh, um, I think it was boarding college in Mississippi uh he joined this college and this facility which helps deal with helps you deal with these kind of things with drugs and alcohol and the addiction and he spent him you know he spent 30 days at the boarding college in maine sorry maine uh, and so he spent 30 days there getting himself right mentally and physically so that he could go back to the nfl that he could have another opportunity to, opportunity to prove himself that he wasn't someone who was gonna g- give up on his dream Because, like I said at, at the point that he was going through the, the year that he was away from football the year-long suspension that he had he had all those feelings all those experiences about quitting on the sport being happy with just getting up doing his thing and going you know relying on drugs and, and alcohol to get him through and that wasn't gonna work was harming himself and you know, he came to that realization, he came to that experience, and it really transformed him um, after that. You know, he, he realized that the game football that he, you know, he loves it so much, that he wants to be a part of it, he wants to be in it. And so he worked himself very hard to get back to, to the point where he could be on an NFL team. And he, you know, he worked himself really up um, he communicated with the right people. He talked to a lot of guys on his way of getting back in, in training and shape, and he was able to, you know, make it to the Oakland Raiders um, at that time, who gave him opportunity to be on the roster. And so, you know, he realized himself that, you know, you could find yourself in many other ways other than relying on. Something in terms of alcohol and drugs that he he found something in terms of finding his purpose You know, he realized that things that he was doing the things that he was experiencing uh, You know pretty much he was experiencing depression and and his mental health was getting affected, but he kept himself You know open open open-minded in terms of when he went to rehab when he went to that college He spent a lot of time there making sure that he understood he could talk about things, he could communicate about things, that there's a lot of things he can do outside of football and inside the game of football. And That's what he really realized, was that I can make a difference, I can use this as a learning experience to be a better pro and a better athlete for the future ones that are coming into the NFL from college. And so, you know, just being able to find himself find his personality again after like I say trying to fit in trying to do a lot of things that weren't what he what he was and to be able to come back and realize what he has to do as a person to improve really changes the NFL career around for, for the better you know he had a breakout season in 2019 last year I think he had you know over a thousand yards receiving you know about four or five touchdowns um, so he really came on strong, you know. Once he got a chance with, with, with the Raiders, he really put in the, in the hard work to be better, um, to commit to learning under John Gruden and, and, and this team, and building that commodity You know that camaraderie with, with the guys in the locker room that is so sacred for the NFL players. They really feed off that. They want to do things for each other. And I think nobody was more, more happy than Darren Waller and his teammates at that time for him to be able to get through what he had to get through and make it back to the NFL. So, you know, the thing to take away from this is that it's very important to be deep with yourself, honest with yourself, to have that introspection in terms of realizing that, you know, there's a lot of people that you can talk, you can communicate you know there's many ways to help yourself many ways to get help um, but also to extend yourself and to to, networks really important in terms of if you're going through some things um, you want to be able to share that with somebody it could be a text message it could be a phone call Um, I think that's what really Darren Waller had to do once he realized what he was what he was doing you know he didn't take the game football seriously you know he didn't think that he was gonna do much with his career but realizing by spending time in the nfl on the ravens practice squad with that team being able to get some experience playing um, and building some some friendships along the way you know he realized that this game of football is what i need i can be good at this and yes you know he had to go through that had to go through those experiences which really was a tough time for him but he never gave up on himself his teammates his friends never gave up on him either and now he's one of the best up-and-coming tight ends in the game at age 28 Um, and he's been able to do a lot of good things for the raiders um, as they try to make the make a push hopefully towards the playoff spot but you know Him realizing what he had to do, the having that introspection, that honesty in himself to make a change, is what all sport athletes, men and women, do, and are going through, you know, as they make their way up in in the sport. And it's truly great to see him being able to, to to smile, to have that that feeling that okay, I'm here now, I'm I'm back to where I'm supposed to be, and now what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna use my platform. So, we want to see athletes use their platform. We've seen, I've talked about many, many athletes, many people who have used their platform throughout my podcast. A lot of episodes I've talked about it. The guys who have shaped the path and, and paved the way for guys to speak up. Now we're seeing a change in terms of the athletes speaking up more and more, educating us, being more informed. And Darren Waller, you know. It's one of those unique people who decides to do the same thing that a lot of people have been doing to use this platform to help people and so he created his own uh, foundation called the Darren Waller Foundation and that foundation is to help youth overcome addiction to alcohol so you see whatever he experienced the things that he went through in his time away from football he really took that into a positive thing and now he wants to educate people through his foundation he wants to make sure that the young kids out there are able to are able to understand his story and what he had to go through to make it to the NFL and you know he can share his experiences with with these kids and they can learn from him and be able to be better and understand that you know you just have to keep finding ways to reinvent yourself to be honest with yourself um and don't let anything negative affect you let it don't don't let it consume you so much that you forget to be who you are and darren waller learned from that he realized what he had to do and the change came from from within not from anybody else from from him himself within to be better and so I'm, i'm really happy to see him being able to share his platform to talk about a lot of things um along with other, you know, pushing for social causes and just communicating to a lot of people about what he learned, what he does as a pro to be one of the best that he can be for the Las Vegas Raiders. And he's a role model, an example for the NFL. Um, And like I said, he got a second act in his career and he made the most of it. It's a great story, great interview that he, he has coming up, I believe, tonight. On the NFL 360 show. Um, you can definitely find it um, later, also in the week, probably with some links here and there. Um, but he truly was remarkable in terms of being able to take something into that, you know, something that serious that he experienced um, and really turn into a positive thing for him going forward. And like I said, he's one of the best uh, tight ends. You know, he's up and coming. He's mentioned after, obviously, Travis. Kelsey and George Kittle but as a person he's been able to do a lot of things wherever he overcame to be where he is today on an NFL team competing um, and having that, camar- you know, that camaraderie and that that talk with his brotherhood on that team is, is truly amazing and I think Darren Walls is going to continue to get better he's going to be more educated and informed as he already is probably doing throughout everything we've experienced in this world so far in the pandemic. Um, and so he's done a great job and I'm rooting for him to do really, really well, uh, not only as a person, but as someone who can keep on reminding us what we have to do in terms of being using our platform, being positive and taking an experience and not letting it consume you so much. It's important to get out that experience that is consuming you in a negative way, try to turn it into a positive thing and make sure that you get help and you communicate with your, with your friends, your teammates, your family. And a lot of sport athletes go through this and they get get through this because of their support and their family and the change from within. And so that's what's great about sports is that anybody can start from anywhere and there's never, you know, there's, there's always a chance for, any, for anybody in the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. You just have to be able to use those opportunities, learn from each opportunity, try to be better and better, to avoid making mistakes, not let anything negative consume you so much. And a lot of athletes throughout our time, throughout the sports world, have overcame a lot of difficulties and challenges, and they are living great lives, and, and being able to educate us in a way in which will only make us better as a, as a world and as a society in terms of understanding what we have to do to bring change from within.